Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic-inspired podcast that brings innovation to professional development. Welcome back. It has been a minute. Uh, well, welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education um, went on the Christmas break and then got COVID. So thank you for tuning in after a long month, it feels like. Welcome to 2021. And what better way to ring in the new year than to talk about habits and motivation. Uh, Today, my special guest is my husband, and I'm really excited. He's not so excited. Um, he doesn't like talking in public, and so this is hardly public, Travis. We're sitting in your office, and um, it's just you and I here, so just having a conversation, but welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> um, okay, so I ask everybody, I'm going to ask you to uh, How long have you been in the world of education, and what made you choose EPIC? Um, So, basically, EPIC brought me to education rather than education bringing me to EPIC. Um, My wife, as you know, got a job here first, and it just looked like a really um, unique model starting out, and it was really intriguing, and it offered a whole lot of creativity and freedom um, for teachers at the time and so I really didn't have any interest in going into the classroom or anything traditional. I specifically wanted to um, see what educating through EPIC was like and jumped in. This is my eighth year Um, so yeah it's been going great. Awesome and you sorry world, I'm going to gush for half a second. He's going to say that I'm wrong, but I just think that you have a way of thinking about things that is different. You just have a spin. Uh, you don't see the world as it is. It's not like you see it through rose colored glasses, but you definitely have, um, just a- another layer under you than uh, I have, or, or most of my peers have. And so, um, and when it comes to the topic of habits specifically, I hold you in a high regard. You are able to just, without thinking about it, all right, well, it's uh, bike time, bike 30, because that's what I've said I'm going to do, and here it is. And you've made a habit out of exercise, out of reading, out of um, you know all kinds of things. And so when the topic uh, came to mind, I thought, okay, I got to have Travis on the episode with me. So again, thank you. Um, You and I have both read the book Atomic Habit. You read it first. Why did you like that book? Um, Because he talks about the tiny little habits. And I'm not even sure I knew what it was going to be about when we first started it. I just needed something motivational to read on bike rides or to listen to on bike rides and such. But... um, he talks about just changing one tiny little habit per day and then it basically snowballing from there. So if you want to set a goal to do 30 push-ups every day, 
you start with getting out of bed and just even just getting in that front leaning rest position, even if you don't even do one, it's just getting on the ground or something. So you start like that and move forward with these tiny, tiny little habits that um, can give you a breakthrough, basically. Yeah, I liked specifically that he was like, uh, all right, you want to do those 30 push-ups? Name the time that you're going to do it and name the place that you're going to do it and follow through. And so for me, it was five push-ups. I just wanted to do five. But he says, don't do five, do one. And force yourself to stop at one for a minute so that you can find the habit. Because if you do five and then the next day you're sore, I'm a, I'm a weenie. So five is a lot for me. 30 is, you know, probably your uh, comfort level at a time. I don't know. I'm making that up. But, um, but basically don't push myself to hit my goal immediately to start with one and name the time and name the place. And so for me, it was, I want to do five pushups. I'm going to start with one after I brush my teeth right here in front of my closet. And so that was what I did and then worked my way up to the five. And now actually I can do more and, and um, I'm starting to like the shape of my arms. So uh, you got to name the time and name the place because just uh, tomorrow I'll, well, tomorrow can come and go and then you didn't hit it. And then why even bother? Because you, you know, don't have this habit. So name the thing, name the time, name the place. You've written a note here. What, a, what do you mean by this? Um, quite honestly, I don't know. Cause I wrote that note about a month ago. Um, but what I wrote was noticing, wanting, doing, and liking, and you can kind of take that one after another. If To even want to start a habit, you have to notice either something going wrong in your life or the wrong direction or lacking. And so you notice that, then you have to want to make the change. And then, of course, the almighty doing, you have to put it into action. And then liking, like, what's the point of any of it if you're not liking the results and you're not liking the person you're becoming or the habits you're creating? Um or basically what comes of it all, the, yeah, the like end of it. The shape of my arms now is I'm liking that uh, after doing the first three. Right. I think it. <clears throat> this kind of um, meshes right in with the other. I think we read like three of these motivational books all at once. And I think it was Simon Sinek that was the one saying these little habits you have to schedule into your program or your day. So you might have a meeting with a boss for an hour, a meeting with clients for an hour. And if those are on your schedule, they're completely non-negotiables. You're engaged at that time. And so your exercise schedule should be the same way. You schedule it in. And for that time, whether it be 20 minutes or an hour, um, you're engaged. You're not available. And it's non-negotiable. No, I definitely like that because you've got your meeting with your boss. You've got your presentation. They're on your calendar. And you're like, I need to get a workout in today. But it's so easy to just move on. And then you get to a certain part of your day. Ah, I don't really feel like it. Done. But if you schedule it, like you said, or like Simon Sinek says, um, it's just the next thing on your to-do list. And I thought that was pretty brilliant as well. Um, so name some good habits. Like there's eating well, sleeping, brushing your teeth. What are some other just great habits out there? Um, you know, exercise, eating well, we know all those general ones. I'm a 
firm believer in um, the best habits are go to bed early and wake up early. And I'm not the poster child for that, but I know that just paying attention to my own productivity, if I can be disciplined to handle, you know, that witching hour between eight and 10 or nine and 11 and be disciplined during that time, get in bed on time or early and getting up early and starting the day before everybody else does and have that hour of before the kids are up, before the world's really moving, you can really get a whole lot done in that time to prepare for the day. And then you feel like you're moving first and you're pulling the day along rather than waking up late and the day kind of pushes you along. And I explained it to my team, like you're Mario brothers on that level that the world automatically progresses. You wake up late and you're standing there and the world's kind of pushing you forward and forcing you along and every you're being reactionary to everything that comes along. But if you get up early before the world, then you're basically at the front of the level, kind of pushing it along or pulling it along rather than you being pushed and reactionary. That's so funny because I am an early to bed, early to rise person, like just naturally. I want so desperately to stay up late sometimes, especially like, you know, when we've got uh, your sister would come over and her family, you know, when they lived in town and I just wanted to be up, but it was an ongoing joke. Well, it's 10 o'clock, Aaron's going to bed, even though there's a house full of people here. I just hit this certain time of day and I cannot stay awake any longer. Um, but what are some healthy habits when it comes to work-life balance? I really think what you, you know, said early to bed, early to rise, don't let the world push you along is good. Um, what are some other things you do to make sure you're balancing life and work, especially in COVID? It's so hard because the lines get blurred. What are some things you do to kind of create distance there and, and stay balanced? Um, you just have to prioritize the other things like, um, especially with Epic, there's always work you can do. There will always be emails you can respond to or people you can call and touch base with. So you have to be willing to kind of set that aside. And like, if my kids will want to do something, it might be five or 6 PM and they're like, let's go to Panda Express. And I'm thinking, well, no, I can respond to these people. I can do this. And you basically have to shut it down and say, nope, now's the time to be a dad, go do that and just completely shut it off. And the same thing goes with exercise. Like my first two weeks as a principal, without even realizing it, I stopped running and biking or anything because I had so much to do. Well, I like at the end of those two weeks, I physically felt horrible. And like, I was more tired. I was more lethargic. Cranky. And what? Maybe, what? <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little short fused. But um, once I realized that and someone on my team pointed it out, um, I basically scheduled it in and started feeling better really, really quickly after, you know, getting outside and doing some workouts. Well, not just um, work-life balance, like on, on the working for Epic side, but gosh, parenting a, a kid at Epic, it seems like I could always dive into planning out their week a little bit more. I can always dive into, uh, you know how can I teach this better? Or what do we need to do next? Or what's on the horizon? And, oh gosh, we didn't get to PLP. And balancing that thing, uh, you know, their schedule as well, um, it can be crazy difficult. And so I try to find, you know, 10 minutes in the morning. Um, 
we've created the lesson plan for the month, but 10 minutes in the morning to say, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. And in that way, again, the world's not pushing that along and we don't wake up, you know, um, behind schedule or behind the pace that we're supposed to keep up with for our teachers. So, um, in all walks of life, creating habits can, uh, create, um, you know, peace really in your, in your mind. Do you have any, uh, bad habits? Oh yeah. I have loads of bad habits. <laughs> what are some of your bad habits telling yourself? Um, I mean, I don't eat well most of the time. Um, I like staying up too late. I've got a horrible video game addiction. Um, probably too much YouTube. I spend way too much time on marketplace and craigslist needing to know the value of everything i can tell you the price of every it's not even some people think it's a great strength but it really is like an addiction i have to know what's for sale and how how much for and that's just a weird thing of, i do think I've it's got. hilarious just in the in the line of commodities there <laughs> like you know when to buy your darn tough socks and when not to buy because you know that amazon ebbs and flows with pricing and it's not just the, the socks, but just kind of all the things that you like, like, oh no, can't buy it right now. Cause it was, you know, a dollar 50 cheaper last week. I'm going to wait till it goes back down. And yeah. It's not just the stock market that fluctuates. Everything does the, the value of everything fluctuates. And it's just kind of really addicting to watch how it works like that. I think that's, um, again, just the way your mind works is different, but whatever. If you think like that too, definitely let us know. Uh, comment on this episode. Um, I had a horrible habit of smoking a long time ago. Uh, I started in high school, went through about you know twenty early twenties, um, but then I quit, and it was ridiculously hard. And then you got laid off uh, when you were with the police department. And what do you do when you've got no money coming in? You pick up a really expensive habit, like smoking again, right? So I picked that up and I just, I remember it being one of the hardest things to quit because I didn't have like, again, atomic habit or Simon Sinek in the back of my head back then. But, um, how do you quit a really bad habit? Like, how do you, how do you put it into um, practice? Like, I've got to quit. For me, it was, my motivation was my kids. I didn't want them to see it um, or, or smell it. It wasn't really about my health or anything. Um, but it didn't make it any less difficult. And I'm wondering if there was a, a better way to, to try to quit versus um, letting the motivation be my kids. I don't know. You have to take like such a big picture approach to it because it's hard to quit smoking when you're young because you think, well, I could get lung cancer. Well, that's so far down the road. I'll just procrastinate it and do it later. Um, but the flip side of that's good habits as well. Like you're talking about wanting to max out our IRA, IRA contributions. Well, we're not going to see the benefit of that for a really long time. And so um, sometimes it's like you really need to think and be nice to your 60 year old self when you're much younger. And I mean, it, it ultimately just does take discipline because you're not going to see the results of it for a long time, especially if you're not running or anything. It doesn't feel like that daily cigarette is really hurting you. And so daily pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. 
six pack or whatever it is that's not hurting you daily, but way on down the road, it's really going to hurt you. Not to mention what, what could you have done with that money had you put it aside and then also done something responsible with it to still have 30 years from now. I mean, those numbers get staggering if you look at that. Yeah. Um, what kind of a role do you think motivation plays in habit making? Like, do you, do you really have to be motivated to, to start or quit a habit? I think so. Everybody's got a why. And I, I don't think you're motivated very well on punishment. Like the carrot and the stick. Right. Well, the carrot would be a reward. I think people work better off rewards rather than I might get smacked in the arse. (laughs) Um, because it, it'll only get you, it's like that movie Office Space, that'll only get you doing just enough to not get fired. <laughs> that really is what it does. If you're worried about your boss might get on to you and, oh, am I going to get fired for this? Am I going to, um, is he going to notice this? Then literally your motivation is to do just enough to avoid that type of stuff. And so you're seriously going to be stuck in mediocrity your entire career. But if you've got this global vision i'm filibustering here a little bit but it was that uh book infinite game by simon sinek that talked about um the walmart ceo like sam malton starting out the vision the company's vision was to um improve the lifestyle of every american household well that sounds something very noble that's a worthy cause it's getting employees motivated well then the next ceo comes in to take over for his spot and his um, vision, his goal for the company was we're going to increase profit margins by X percent. And if you're, if you're an employee, which one were you more motivated by this, these simple little um, result type orients, or is it this global vision of improving something? And so the why can't be, in my opinion, the why can't be money because that's just a simple result. You've got to have some sort of bigger vision of, that gives you purpose and meaning in life. Yeah. Wow. Um, so a really interesting conversation came up uh, here in the house. Our girls both want to be doctors. And I was like, heck yes, like, you know, high achieving kids. This is great. But then, I mean, like a week later, uh they really didn't want to do schoolwork. They were trying to get out of it. They were doing as little as possible. And it was like, hey, for what it's worth, you have this goal. You're motivated by that. But do you realize you have to do X, Y, and Z to be able to achieve that goal like you want to? Um, And so uh, we had to talk about study habits and and doing school and, and stuff like that. And I found a really interesting article. I'm linking to it in the show notes. You can read the abstract and stuff, but basically it was about test anxiety, study habits, motivation, and performance. And, you know, I've got so many people in this world that I talk to. They're like, my kids have high test anxiety. I was a kind of a high test anxiety person as well. Um, because I'm not great at taking tests. The honest side of that is that I really wasn't great at studying for tests either, which probably played a role in um, my anxiety. And, and that's kind of what 
this uh, article was talking about as well. Um, one of the quotes from it was that test anxiety and study habits are associated positively together, while academic success, um, there's no association with academic or achievement motivation. And so just because you want to be successful does not create motivation, uh, but doing the, the small things, studying daily, uh, it, it reduces that, that test anxiety and, and can create the academic success. So we've started using note cards, like every grade level out there has academic vocabulary associated with each grade level. Um, so we've got that academic vocabulary and, and each word gets a note card now, uh, where we write the vocabulary word, the definition, and then give an example of, and then we'll end up studying that as April comes around or at the end of a unit or, or anything like that. And so we've tried to get in the habit of creating these note cards, knowing that in the end, those will help us study, which will help us gain that achievement, which will, you know, increase the motivation to hit that long-term goal of uh, becoming the doctor. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they still want to do that. Cause I think most people that think, especially at a young age, I want to do this. I want to do that. Come to find out pretty quickly that they, it's not really what they want at all because to want that, um, high achievement you have to also want the work and think that the work is worthwhile where sitting on your couch you're thinking I would like the results of that liking the results of something is way different than wanting or being willing to actually do it and so um, time will only tell if they want to do it because being a doctor really helps people and they'll be fulfilled at the end of the day and think that their life has you know meaning and value or do they really just want to buy that DeLorean or the Corvette and be as highly esteemed by their peers, um, that type of stuff I think will ultimately, you know, withers away. Let's say um, novelty has a higher diminishing return or however that quote goes. Yeah. Uh, I was really motivated to... I wanted, I wanted for forever to just be able to play the guitar around a campfire. Um, I don't care to be in a band. I don't care to, you know, be a great guitar player. I just wanted to know enough to be able to like pull it out at a campfire and sing Kumbaya, which is like the last song that anybody sings really around a campfire. But um, anyway, because that was the, the, motivating factor I picked up the guitar I started learning it um, it became habitual um, the the high motivation made the habit loop easier it, it kind of became uh, an unconscious effort because I was having fun while I was doing it and now if I wanted to drag my pretty guitar to a camp spot, which I don't because it's so pretty and I, I don't want to mess it up or, you know, anything like that, um, uh, I could, you know, play around the campfire for us anyway. So um, William James, he's called the father of American philosophy. He's got a quote out there that says, belief in the ability to change is the foundation of the ability to change. What do you think self-buy-in, um, you know, do you have to have self-buy-in 
for motivation or habit making and habit breaking? Do you have to be fully bought in or can you just do it because you're told? No, and I really like this quote because it's just re-saying something we've heard for thousands and thousands of years. Oh, William James, good job. That sounds fantastic. Does it sound a little like, as a man thinketh, so is he? Like, <laughs> we've known this for a really long time, the power of the mind and believing something and having faith. And um, if if humanity has thought it true for 2,000 plus years and Every piece of wisdom literature I think you can find in any religion, this guy's secular, I'm, I'm assuming, um, if they're all saying the same thing, secular and religious, then there's some truth behind it, like some really deep truth. So, no, 100%, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's just the simple way of putting it. So if I think I can't, it won't come. If I think I can, it will come? Or... With the practice of habit, it will come. Right, but if you if you don't think you can, you'll never put in the practice too. So, if you think you can, you're going to keep putting in the work because when you put in a ton of work and you fail, then you still think you can and you're going to put in more work. Um, obviously, if you think you're a giraffe or Mickey Mouse or something like that, there's limits to the whole saying, but there's obviously a lot of truth to it as well. Awesome. Any last words on motivation? Uh, are you motivated to do something right now to, to change or, or start a new habit? I mean, it's January, so I'm, <laughs> I'm on all <laughs> kinds of hopes and dreams and New Year's resolutions. Do you and, think you can do it, Trev? Um, of course. I mean, I, I do... Um, improve a little each year it seems like I'll fall back in some categories like 2020 was rough I was signed up for three different mountain bike races like big ones 100 milers they all canceled and so I've really it's going to be really easy to improve on 2020 so yeah I've got goals and stuff one thing that I believe in like a lot of the big motivational people will say read motivational books and I know there's um, a lot of armchair quarterbacks that says, ah, oh, that's just self-help. It's all nonsense. Well, there's no perfect one that's like going to change your life and you're going to get on the road to being motivated or something. But if you just constantly kind of keep yourself surrounded by other positive people, positive authors, um, Bear Grylls says he reads the book Rhinoceros Success every single year. And most of the super successful people will say something like that. They'll There'll be some sort of book um, or something that motivates them that they'll always go back to. And so um, there's not any one certain one for me, but I try to keep a steady flow of motivational um, books or podcasts or anything like that going. I find the Tony Robbins podcast, the James Altucher podcast, uh, highly motivating. They're ones that no matter what is in my week, I will listen to, you know, two or three episodes. There are several uh, Tony Robbins podcasts I've listened to multiple, multiple times. Uh, I can't remember the gal's name, Sarah something, but she created Spanx and her story is so amazing. And you want to talk about being successful, like 
I'm, I will link that show to this show. So click on the show notes, pull it up, listen to this episode because she talks about, and she's this great successful woman who really, did she get lucky and get her stuff put in a Neiman Marcus or did she work her tail off? And you can hear in that episode, she even did things that you weren't supposed to do in the working her tail off to get the success that she's had. And so, and she's got an infinite mindset as well. Whenever you bring in that infinite game, just the way she thought about her product, the way she thought about her marketing, you could tell that there was um, an infinite process going on with her. So anyway, listen to that show as soon as you finish listening to this show. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified each time a new episode drops. If you're a returning listener, you should rate the podcast. Leave us a comment. Tune in next week where we're rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly